The following is a production of Omnis.tv. On this episode of Revolutor, I welcome solo artist Sarah Mayhem and LA Rockers Dead End Sky. Happening now on Revelator. Welcome to Revelator. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me as always. Woo! Man, we got an awesome show for you here. Uh, and I say that every week because it's true, not because I'm trying to convince you. It's awesome. Uh, the lovely, uh, talented, and also very, very sexy Sarah Mayhem will be joining us. And uh, also Kyle from the band Dead End Sky. Really interesting, uh, interesting, not interesting story about how uh, he originally started uh, with Five Finger Death Punch. So really, really cool stuff. Um, and also you're going to really dig the, the these guys' tunes as well. You know, I, I was really excited about this um, particular show. Um, I usually, you know, kind of get pumped up. and I always brush my teeth before every show, you know, and I always get jacked up. And uh, I was like, man, I was, you know, I probably drank a little bit too much coffee today. Um, and I usually don't drink coffee before the show. I usually just drink water. But for whatever reason, I thought, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. I feel a little, a little sluggish today. I was down in Nashville, you know, hanging out in the sun. It's hot. It's like 90 degrees. Humidity feels like it's, you know, it's burning me to the concrete, you know. And I was like, man, I'm going to get a little pick-me-up. So uh, do I sound a little jacked? Yeah. Coffee beans. Um, no, uh, you know, so I'm joy- I'm really psyched about this show, you know, and I, I kind of, you know, stretch a little bit and, and I was like, man, I felt like doing Kung Fu kicks, but I didn't want to pull any hamstrings or anything, you know, so no Kung Fu kicks, even though I felt like doing it. So, you know, Bruce Lee, I, I wanted to do it, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the, the, the first band, um, Dead and Sky, uh, Kyle will be joining us this moment. We'll hear the song always, which is really fantastic. Uh, but, you know, there was a story I wanted to do last week, and, you know, we had uh, a little short in time, so I want to kind of bring it up now. I found this picture of this in this mall in South Korea. It's a Spider-Man uh, hanging upside down over top uh this mall, and the Spider-Man has a boner. Like, Spider-Man, his spidey senses are tingly, and he has a big, huge boner. And the weird thing about this thing is, is that it's actually over a kid's playground. So, you know, I'm trying to think like, and it's been up there a year and they're, they're finally taking it down. So like, I don't know if they just didn't notice, you know, is that a, is that Spider, is Spider-Man is really happy to see you, you know, they don't call him the amazing Spider-Man for nothing. Right. Um, you know, luckily he did not shoot his web, you know, um, so, uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, Ryan underscore unsigned, uh, you probably saw the picture of the Spider-Man hanging upside down with his big boner, you know, and for whatever reason, I thought of the Pussifer song country boner. And if you're not familiar with that song, you can go on YouTube and find it. Uh, my country boner, it won't go down. Spider-Man's boner. Yeah, it won't go down. Um, yeah, so I'll stop singing there. Um, yeah, so, uh, Spider-Man has a boner and he's really excited. <laughs> Apparently he's in South Korea, but as bad as the last couple of Spider-Man movies have been, that's probably a good fit place for him. I don't know why he's so excited, but uh, apparently he is. Hmm, I don't know. They don't call Peter Parker for nothing, right? You know, talk about, talk about hiding your identity there, Peter. Uh, all right, let's get at it. This is dead end sky. Always here on revelator.
Dead End Sky here on Revelator. That is the first single off the upcoming album. The single being always. I'm joined now by the singer Kyle from the band Dead End Sky. Kyle, what's going on, man? Uh, sorry to wake you up here today, man. It's no, it's all good. I needed to get up. It's cool, but but yeah. As far as the, I don't know when this is going to air, but the timing. Yeah, I just had a late night. You know, we had a rehearsal till about one in the morning, and then and then I'm actually in the process of editing some studio footage from back when we did record these songs. Um, I kind of I want to throw up a little YouTube video with just you know a few minutes of us recording. So I'm in the process of editing that. So I was up till about five ish um, doing that. So so yeah, it's 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 in the afternoon, but I've only been up like half an hour. So <laughs> hey, it's all right, man. Sometimes you know uh, I'm in the same boat, man. Like when I do editing and stuff, and I you know I write interviews and you know do research. I always do it late at night. I'm just kind of a night owl that way. So. Uh, even when we do like comedy bits on the show and stuff, I, you know, sometimes I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be writing this at 3 a.m., but I'm doing it anyway. You know, that's how I've always been, man. Since a little kid, I always hated getting up at 5 a.m. to go to school. It just killed me right. every day. I, you know, some people say, oh, your body gets used to it. You know, if you have to go to work or whatever, my body never got used to it. I've always just gotten up late and I've, you know, went to bed late. But to me, it's normal. But I, I don't. Some people, you know, just see me getting up at like noon or something and, you know, they have the impression like that you're lazy or that you don't, you know, you don't do anything. But it's like, whatever, you know, I went to bed at six, you know, I, I really only right. get about six <laughs> hours of sleep a night. It's just they're at different times than, you know, maybe I guess what's considered normal. <laughs> But it's not normal, right? Yeah, I'm I'm the same way, man. That night, I like do my stuff at night, you know. Um, well, the first track we heard always, which is the first single uh, from you guys as a band, um, man. Big riffs, uh, great lyrics, um, fantastic vocals, man. Um, Thank you. What is uh, what's the you're welcome. Uh, what's the process like as a new band? Um, what's the process like to be like? Okay, we're gonna pick a single. Um, how important is it as a new band to pick the single that's you know this is. Because you know, that's kind of the first introduction that people were going to hear. How important was it to pick this particular track for you guys? Yeah, I hear you. And that's something that, um, well, I'd say as far as we go, we've there was probably about four or five songs <clears throat> that it would have got narrowed down, that it got narrowed down to. And I actually had a different song in mind, one that we haven't even, one that's not even out yet. Um, that I initially thought would be the best one, but all these songs were demoed beforehand, you know, just home demos. <clears throat> and so pretty much, I just kind of listened to the feedback from that, from the few, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of people, but the people that, you know, from my, from the band and from, you know, a few outsiders, you know, that, 
that heard the songs, they, people seem to mention always, they go, oh, that's a song always is, is kick ass, you know? So I actually changed, you know, we changed our mind and, and went with, went with that one. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, there's a few other that could have been, I think, right up there as far as candidates for first song, but you're right. It is important because when you're dropping a band, when you're saying, Hey, all right, new band, here we go. You know, those, that first 10 seconds is pretty crucial, <laughs> you know, because right. as myself, as a listener, you know, the second, you know, that audio hits your ears, it's either yay or nay, or, you know, it's usually like yay, nay, or okay, this could go somewhere, you know, but you, right. you know, that's why I think I also picked always because it starts out. So, you know, it's, it, it builds up and it comes in pretty hard. So I, I think right from the get go, you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, all right. Yeah. All right. I get it. I get it. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much why we picked that song. Well, the, the, the guitar runs in, in the riffs on that track definitely uh, capture you and, and bring you in. And uh, the lyrics are fantastic, man. I, I, I can't help thinking that that particular song has like a, an underlying meeting. And if you don't want to share it, that's fine. But, um, it, you know, one of those songs, it seems like it kind of has a there's something there that, you know, kind of drew that song as far as the writing process is concerned. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can elaborate some. I don't mind at all. <clears throat> yeah, my voice is so hoarse this morning. Sorry. Um as far as the lyric approach i was actually a little hesitant to write the lyrics that i wrote because it's such a it's such a sort of high octane rock song and the lyric route i went was actually more i don't want to say sappy but you know a little bit more emotional i guess you could call it um you know it wasn't a song about you know you know chaos and debauchery you know it's actually in a nutshell it's just about you know missing someone that's that's not there with you you know and and so i was actually a little hesitant at first i thought well should i i mean this is what i'm feeling for this song but it is sort of contrasting to the vibe of the song the vibe is almost like a fist pumping you know hell yeah type you know yeah but the lyrics are actually a little bit more you know they're, they're a little more soft for lack of a better word but I just said screw it, and I just um I just wrote what I felt like writing, and it's not like the actual lyrics are not. I mean, it is personal, but like the verses go into a specific example. Those are just um like those I just, like those aren't an exact thing that happened. <laughs> right. Oh, I see. Right. I probably see. You're from Tennessee. Well, I, I live in Tennessee. I, re- okay. I originally grew up uh, outside of Cleveland, yeah, Ohio, yeah, though, so I'm, I'm a Midwest guy. I'm on so. a plane from Memphis, and it's like that actually didn't happen. Sorry to burst <laughs> bubble, but it's like no, that but something similar did. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. Like you kind of take yeah, you yeah, take no. an experience in life, and then you just you usually write about it, use metaphors and similes, exactly. and things like that. So that that's what it is. But the chorus holds very true. You know, it's definitely. Um, more times than one in life. And I'm sure most people go through this, you know, it could be, it doesn't just have to be, you know, some, it could be like a hot and heavy, you know, quick, like love affair, but it could also be, you know, a wife who's, who's, whose husband is in Afghanistan fighting, you know, the war, you know, so it can, you know, it, it serves multiple purposes. And that's actually the mindset that I had is that it's not so much just like, you know, one specific thing, but it's, yeah, in general, you know, something, 
we all go through it where it, it could also be a musician, you know, I mean, that's happened to me, you know, been on tour and you've got someone that you love that's back home and, you know, every day goes by and you're just, you know, even though you're enjoying what you do, you know, there's still that part of you that's missing. So that, that's what it's about. So yeah, it, but it, as I just stated before, it is a little bit, I don't know, maybe weird that I went that route with the lyrics because, because it's just such a, you know, ah! <laughs> song, you know, but Hey, it is what it is. Right. So. No, I, I think it's a good, it's a good blend and obviously shows the layers. And, and I think it, you know, really sets you guys up to, for people to want to hear more as well. Now you work with uh, Josh Newell, um, a guy that I think you kind of knew ahead of time. How important was it to, to kind of go in to recording this album with someone you were familiar with? Is that, that's obviously a, kind of a comfort zone a little bit, but also um, someone you respect in, in the industry as well. I mean, is that, is that something that was key to finding someone that you kind of had a, you know, a chemistry with so to speak yeah yeah it was i mean honestly he was pretty much one of the first persons i thought of to help us excuse me um book time and and engineer the record because yes i have known josh for many years <clears throat> here in the uh the rock and metal scene and previous bands of ours had played together at like south by southwest in austin and um and he just He's a great dude, and I knew that already. You know, like I said, on a personal level, I knew that. But I also, he had worked with other friends of mine, and I mean, yeah, hello, he's worked on freaking, you know, Avril Lavigne and Linkin Park. I mean, you can't right. get much bigger than that. So the guy, they've sold a couple knows, albums, yeah, 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 yeah. They've <laughs> they've done a few things. So you obviously, you know, obviously his cred stands up, and he knows what he's doing. But it, but also even just from speaking with, um you know, friends of mine that worked with him too. I mean, you know, everyone has nothing but good things to say. And then, yeah, there was a comfort level. This is someone that I knew and that I enjoyed just hanging out with, but you know, it's, it's a little bit of both. When you get into the studio, you're not, you're, you're not really hanging out. I mean, it's business, you know, you know, money's being spent, you're on the clock right. and it's like, go. And, but I, I knew he, like I said, I, I knew, I knew his worth ethic and it's, I, I've got no complaints at all. Anytime there was a problem, if we, you know, hit any sort of, you know, bump in the road, very even killed, just like, okay, well, here's, well, here's our options and here's what we can do to fix it, you know, and then we fix it, you know, and it was that, it was that simple. It made it flow very easily. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I chose him. Very cool, man. It sounds like I, I you know, again, having that comfort and making, you know, creating something, you know, as, you know, someone that you respect and also, you know, in a, in a business aspect, I think it's got to be pretty rewarding. Now, I know you guys are kind of in the, in the process right now of, of getting this thing, you know, released and, you know, shopping at the record labels and stuff. What is that process like for a band and how has it changed? How has the industry's changed so much in the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years even. Uh, how has that process changed for a, for a new band, even though you've been in the industry a long time, you know, shopping to, you know, to labels, whether it be independent or major labels? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's changed. Um, the pro but I'll say it's not like it's really gotten much easier. Um, it's just changed in the way that it, you go about it. I mean, I guess it's practically it's easier because, Instead of having to mail a CD to someone and then wait for, you know, because <laughs> this has happened in Forever. previous bands. You mail a CD and then you don't hear back. And you know, well, did they like it? Did they get it? Did they? <laughs> I mean, the way it is now, you can just, 
email them a link of the of of some songs pretty much you can email them you know your your facebook and your soundcloud and your youtube and so on and so forth you can pretty much put a nice little press kit together and just send it through email that's that's what's gotten easier it's just so easy but with that the same things happen in email that happen in real mail you know i mean you know, you got to understand that sometimes the people that are getting these things are just getting, excuse me, getting bombarded with submissions all day, every day. So, you know, there's that as well, which is why you have to really know somebody. You have to have someone that gets it in. You can't just like we're not sending stuff unsolicited, you know, right. I've <laughs> trust me. I've learned from previous bands and previous, you know, in the years in the industry, that's not. 99 times out of 100, in fact, probably 999 times out of 1,000, that's never going to get you anywhere if you just, no matter how good you are, if you just send something unsolicited. It, it could, but the odds are it's not. You generally have to have some sort of way in. So that's that's what we're doing. We're working that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, that's I guess that's the answer to your question. There you go, man. Now, you mentioned previous bands, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Obviously, uh, you were you know singer, uh, songwriter for Dead Set, but also uh, in the very, very early, early beginnings of, of Five Finger Death Punch. Um, now, I'll let you say your piece on, on, on that aspect um, as far as the very, very early beginnings of uh, Five Finger. Yeah, well, what had happened was me and Matt, Matt Snell, who's actually out of the band now, but he was on the he was in the band for the first Oh, whatever, how many years? I, I think the first couple of albums. Um, we had come from Dead Set, and then <clears throat> when Dead Set broke up, pretty much Zoltan contacted, and this is back in the MySpace days. Um, I can't remember if it was through MySpace or what, but I think it was, and uh, contacted me and Matt, but not together. He contacted us individually, and it was just pretty much how it always goes you know i'm starting a new band and <laughs> i've got these songs and you know da, 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 da. and it was him and jeremy at the time those were the two and so he brought me on vocals in and then matt on bass and i remember he was like he we auditioned separately though and kind of didn't know about it really and then he's like so i hit up your bandmate matt but he's like i know that band just broke up are you guys cool with jamming together i said oh hell yeah i said matt's awesome in fact me and matt are great friends he's you know, no problem there at all. So that's how it started, really, was us four. And then, um, yeah, I pretty much started, I mean, they started recording that, actually what was the debut album. I mean, they were already cutting the drums on that from the very get-go, from when I was in the band. Jeremy was going in the studio and recording, recording the drums for that. And then um, I started singing over, like, sort of in, like, a demo form, those those songs that would become the first album. But they were different lyrics, you know, uh pretty much um i just eventually end up leaving um i just i know people think i'm absolutely out of my mind now you know <laughs> <laughs> you know now obviously i look like an idiot but the reality is that the band wasn't where they are now then you know so right. band wasn't signed then um so i just didn't feel like i was the right singer the vibe whatever it had nothing to do with uh chemistry chemistry was great you know, we all got along great. It was no drama, nothing. I mean, it was it was totally cool. And I still to this day have nothing but good things to say about those guys. Um, but, yeah, it's just a vibe thing. And so I left and it's for damn sure because he obviously was the right fit. And um, 
yeah so so that's pretty much and then he put his lyrics over this over the same you know over the same songs and yeah there's the story they pretty much they yeah he was it couldn't have went any better for them that's for damn sure but but it but, yeah, it, but guys- it's true it's it's tough it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes but the reality is was i wasn't the right guy i just wasn't because you couldn't have went any better you know ivan came in with such heart and passion for for that music and, and he killed it and he's a great vocalist so you know that that that's pretty much all. That's it. That that's that's kind of like the little right. story with it. It's it's not something that I'm trying to write. Like oh, I was this, you know, yeah, like I yeah, had I, all this. I really had nothing to do with their success. Like, yeah, um, but it's just like a little kind of a little trivia, like a side note kind of a thing. Yeah, very cool stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing that, sharing the story and, and clearing up because you know, some people always want to make um, a story like that into more than what it really is, and it's just kind of one of those things where you guys are still cool and uh, you know things happen. You know, sometimes the, the you just end up where you're supposed to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing. Like I said, the story's not as interesting as, as one might seem or, you know. But, yeah, that's it. <laughs> for, for what it's right. worth, that's, that's, really, that's really, in a nutshell, what happened. Now, uh, the band Dead End Sky that, you know, obviously we're talking about uh, on the show here, uh, what is the early beginnings? And, and obviously picking a band name is, is very key. Um, I guess kind of a two-parter here for you. Um, how did you come up with the name Dead End Sky? And do you remember any names you didn't select as a band? Yeah, let's see. Well, how I came up with it was for the, for to start out, it was actually starting to drive me a bit mad because I kept thinking of all these names and every single one that I thought sounded decent was taken already. And in fact, I remember when I was somewhere, I think I was on the rocks and I was talking with Logan Mater about, I said, dude, I cannot freaking come up with a band name. Everything's taken. And then he said something like, yeah, I bet everything's taken is taken. I said, exactly. Like you just can't <laughs> freaking, I can't, you know, I can't seem to figure this out every time I go on and I Google it. And sure enough, there's some band somewhere with this with this name. And so we did have <laughs> we did have a band name sort of for a while and <laughs> God, what was it? I don't even want to say it. It was so bad. <laughs> it was just bad. It's it, it just a bad name. And I don't know, we tried to do a play on words and and I was like Yeah, what was it? Oh, okay. Someone was like what about gunmetal gray? And um, because it's a color, you know, like a jewelry and stuff. And yeah. I said, but I don't. I said, we're not metal, you know, gunmetal gray. I said, I don't know. Maybe if we just play with the sounds of it. And we came up with like with all these variations of it, like level gray. And then we were like, maybe <laughs> sun level gray. You know, that rhymes with gunmetal. And when we would tell people the name, like we're we're level gray. It was like people were just like, okay. I mean, what the hell does that mean? Like, and then I just thought. <laughs> Yeah, this is stupid. So I was like, I got to find something better. And it took, like I said, it, it took a long time. And it was driving me insane. I was like, how come I cannot find a freaking band name? Well, pretty much through time. I mean, I was just going through a lot. You know, I was going through quite a bit of adversity, you know, just personal things. And so I was, yeah, I was a bit down on my luck and in my mindset. You know, I was a little depressed. And I just thought, I, th- I think I was lying in bed. And I just thought to myself, you know, it no matter what path I go down, I just seem to reach a dead end. And then even right in that moment, I thought, hmm, dead end, like dead end. Like we could work with this. Okay. Dead end. You know, so then I just kind of started playing with the words of dead end really. Um, 
you know, you can go like dead in town or dead in whatever, you know, and it just popped in my head, dead in sky. And right there, I just went, that's it. Right to Google, anything with it. No, thank you. It's it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) finally, like it was just like that moment. And it actually kind of helped bring me out of my slump because not that that's what was causing me to be, you know, have issues. It's just that it was at least a little bit of a spark, like, oh, yes. And then it's, and then it just steamrolled from there. I'm like, you know, that's so, you know, we can really work with this as far as the artwork and, and it can have so much even broader meanings than, than just that, you know, you can get freaking philosophical with it, <laughs> you know, if, right. if you really want to dive into it. So I thought that was great. So that was it. Once I, the second I thought of it, I'm like, that's it. And, yeah. Okay. Two part. Yeah, that's it. I think I answered both parts. Yeah. No, you got it, man. Uh, that's really cool. And I always interested in how bands come up with it and you know names they didn't select and stuff. You know, they're like, ah, oh, we're going to call ourselves, you know, naked pictures of Chewbacca or something. You know, what I mean, <laughs> you know, just like some crazy. But name. the reality like, ah, is this, and this, and I've actually gotten. Apparently, is a, it is a pretty decent name because I've gotten you know fan mail and whatnot from people saying it's a cool name and how do we pick it and it's something. I get asked and then um, and any recommendations on how to pick a band name and things like that. But I tell people, number one, it yes, you want a cool band name, but it don't matter if you suck because you got to, you know, think about the music first because you can have the stupidest band name ever. And let's just admit it through the years going back to, you know, whenever 40s, 50s on up. I mean, there are some stupid band names that you say now and it doesn't sound awkward because you've said it a million times. Right. You know, the Beatles. I mean, that's really not the yeah. best band name. And they spelled <laughs> no, it beat, no, no. you know, back then, like, yeah. you know, beatniks, whatever, like the Beatles, you know, Def Leppard, Pink Floyd, you know, band names like that. Those aren't those are you told me, you know, you, know, you it just it rolls off the tongue now. Pink Floyd. But if I was, if I never heard that and said, let's call ourselves Pink Floyd, I said, who's Floyd and why is he pink? Like, why would I, like, that's stupid. But guess what? The bands are freaking amazing. And then it just doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter at all. So you can have the stupidest band name, but if you rock, it'll work, you know? So, but it does, I don't know, I'm just too damn practical and I'm, you know, I can't roll with like the goofy band name, you know? Right. Yeah, that, that's just me, you know, but everybody's different. Yeah, I, I've only I, I've done a couple cameos and band stuff. I I, uh, I did a uh, cameo band call what uh, were called uh, Satan's Cream Puff. Satan's Cream and, Puff. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. I did a, I did a couple vocal vocal uh, cameos there with I those guys. I don't know guys, if, they, but, uh, if that name will get them played on uh, active rock <laughs> radio. But. No, probably not. Well, I mean, the the, the song was called uh, F Texas, and they had a song called F U F Me and stuff like that. So you know, um, not very politically correct. Very, very, uh, very uh, anti uh, anti punk rock, punk rock. You oh, know? Okay. So. <laughs> but anyway, but, but uh, well, hey Kyle, it's it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you, man, and uh, I appreciate you cutting some time out. Um, hey man, when the album comes out, come back and hang out with us, man. We, we'd love to have you, and uh, we're gonna jam another track, which is uh, "When You Fall." Uh, is there anything you need uh, you want to add to uh, uh, say anything about this track before we close out here, man? Um, well, as far as when you fall, it's the second song we released, and <clears throat> I, I guess I just we wanted to release one that was a little bit different than always. Because if you listen to all our songs, 
we're definitely not the type of band you're going to pigeonhole into one type of sound. Um, I mean, we've got ballads and we've got really as a contrast to the band's name, the sky's the limit as far as um, the different types of music we might put out. Not to say we're not going so eclectic of like a Mr. Bungle. I'm not, you know, know, something like that. We're not doing that. But I'm just saying it's not like, you know, some bands have a certain sound, even though the tempos vary a little bit. I mean, it's a certain sound. Like, you, you know, there's a certain style they put into every song and it's got a certain vibe. Whereas us, it tends to move around a little bit. You know, we'll have a few songs like this and then a few songs like this. And so I kind of feel like, always is more the high octane rock upbeat song but when you falls a little bit more like kind of got like the alt metal groovish you know kind of a you know mid-tempo groove throughout something like that and then it's got you know somewhat of a poppy chorus i guess so um so that that's pretty much it they i i wanted to from the get-go say okay here's you know here's one song but here's another with a little bit different vibe but it i think it still rocks the same so so that's pretty much it as far as when you fall goes. Right on, my man. Well, hey, uh, Kyle, uh, best luck to you guys, man. And uh, for people out there listening, head on over to uh, deadendsky.com. You guys are going to obviously have some more information about when that album comes out. And uh, definitely, again, keep us in the loop, man. When the album comes out, come back. We'll jam some tracks and talk some more. And I'm sure you guys will have a bunch of shows lined up as well. Hey, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we're already we're playing Vegas here on June 19th, opening up for Zach Myers of Shinedown. Fantastic. And then, uh, and then we're playing. Uh, we're playing L.A. in July. It's just not freaking confirmed yet. But it, it stay tuned for. There'll be a good L.A. show coming in July. Ninety nine percent sure. I just don't want to mention it, and then it doesn't happen for some reason. Right, right. Well, uh, like that. We'll uh, we'll make sure uh, you know, we link up um, uh, on our site to uh, your guys' social sites and your and uh, your website and stuff, so people can find out you know what's coming on down the pike for the the rest of the summer for you guys, man. Awesome, thank you. Right on, brother. Hey, take care. This is Dead End Sky. When you fall here on Revelator.
And it's no surprise that I will be there. She's been lost in hell again. And it's no surprise that I will be there. She's been lost in hell again. And I know that I will be Dead End Sky here on Revelator. Thanks to Kyle for uh, stopping by. Um, again, Dead End Sky, Kyle, really cool dude. For more information about Dead End Sky in this particular episode of Revelator, head on over to omnes.tv. Uh, it's O-M-N-E-S dot TV. Also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash omnes.tv. Again, that's O-M-N-E-S dot TV. You can find me, Ryan, underscore unsigned on Twitter. And uh, we have the very, very sexy and lovely Sarah Mayhem will be joining us in just a moment. Um, really interesting uh, woman, uh, many talents, actress, model, uh, musician, of course. Uh, she's working on a second album. We'll talk about that in a moment. But this is off her first album called Ecstasy, XTC. This is the song Ecstasy, Sarah Mayhem, here on Revelator. Electrify me 
That is Sarah Mayhem here on Revelator with the song Ecstasy. That's XTC off her album, Ecstasy. And I'm joined now by the lovely and very, very talented Sarah Mayhem. Sarah, how are you doing? You know, I am doing fabulous today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it, it's a pleasure. Um, you know, it's always cool to have you know, people who are excited to come on and, and vice versa, excited to interview as, you as well. And um, I appreciate you uh, making some time. I know you were uh, out doing some promotional stuff and uh, we're, we're kind of drinking, uh, had, a, had a beer and you're not a beer drinker. So uh, you kind of took one for the team tonight, right? I took one for the team. Yes. I'm definitely not a beer drinker, but I'm like, oh, everybody's drinking beer but me. Oh, God. Crap. <laughs> so I drank one. <laughs> There you go. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes, you know, beer is definitely an acquired taste. That's for sure. Um, now, uh, the song we just heard, Ecstasy, which is also off the album Ecstasy. Um, I like your sound. It's it's different from a lot of things that you, you know, like a lot of people are making too, which I think is cool. Um, kind of an early industrial sound, like early Nine Inch Nails. There, uh, I say, kind of Gary Newmanish a little bit, but also yeah. kind of has the um, kind of like the kind of the club dance kind of vibe to it a little bit, but it's not overly poppy by any means yeah. um is that a sound um that comes from certain influences musically for you that either you've kind of just grew up listening to or is that just you know something you just just a natural uh musical influence for you well what i wanted to do is when i was writing the music i wanted to come up with something that's different i was so tired of hearing the same kind of pop thing over and over again and i've always been a fan of like alternative and industrial um, I love AWOL Nation. I love Nine Inch Nails. In this moment, oh, my God, I have to tell you, the, the horror song is just my favorite. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, you know the song. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Fantastic. But I, so I just I wanted something that's a little bit different, a little bit more me. And, you know, luckily, um, I got to write all of my own lyrics, and then I'd sit down with my producers, and, and we would start working on uh, the music to go with it. And, for example, like Ecstasy, uh, I actually had a co-writer on that one, so he kind of helped me out. That kind of thing where like you have this idea in your head, and you're putting it on paper, and it's just not right. And so sometimes you need to have a second person come in and like uh, kind of refine it for you. So. Well, it, the the song "Ecstasy" I think is a little suggestive too, and even the uh, the word itself is that something. Uh, is that particular song is that about someone or something that you could let us in on or? <laughs> oh, um, I guess you could say it's just a combination of a lot of different relationships. You know, when you're in a relationship, you always uh, you always want to remember the good times and good feelings and the passion. But at the same time, I also wanted something that will get people up and dancing and just remembering the good, passionate, sexy, awesome uh, times they've had. So not a particular person, maybe a conglomeration of persons. Maybe two. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, no, it's fine. Hey, I, I'm just like, well, all right. Well, uh, where do I sign up? No. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to be number three? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No. Um, put me. I, I want number one. I want number one. Power sure. thing in my in my head. You know who does number two work for? No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I, I like the originality aspect of it. Um, you talked about, you know, obviously you cut some of your musical influences. Is there any vocalist um, that you look at? We've had a lot of uh, different female vocalists on, and sometimes we're surprised to hear some of their influence. I'm kind of curious to hear some of yours. 
Um, Vocalist-wise, I grew up listening to Blondie. I love Blondie. That was like, uh, she was my dad's favorite band was Blondie. So growing up, I always wanted to be like her. Um, and there's also, of course, I really, you know, love Madonna because, you know, she's been around for forever and she has an awesome vocal. But I also like more of a, I just like, I like originality. You know, growing up, I listened to a lot of Beatles. And so I, I guess I like the cleanliness of those vocals. But when I do mine, I'm always asking my producer, I'm like, can you make me sound a little weird here? You know, we'll have the clean vocals. Right. But in the background, I still want to have a little bit of that weird, edgy kind of weirdness to it. Just because it's me. <laughs> well, I think I think the clean vocals are a, a thing that's kind of gone by. We, we've done a lot of hard rock and metal bands and stuff, and I really enjoy the ones that have, you know, the clean vocals. I, I like the growling and the screaming stuff and the the guttural stuff. I really dig that. But I also think you have to have a, a good diversity um, and clean vocals. A good, strong vocalist with clean vocals is always a good way to go if you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the songs that we're going to play on the show, I think, represent that. Uh, I want to kind of change gears on you a little bit here, though. Now, you also uh, have done a lot of acting, also a lot of modeling as well. Yeah. Um, talk to me about um, how you got into that. I, I believe you kind of got into that first before, you know, the music thing. So can you talk to me about your very first photo shoot? Oh, my gosh. My very first photo shoot. I was wrecked. I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I was discovered standing in line at the post office, and there is this man, Joe Sade, standing behind me. And he's like, he taps me on the shoulder. Excuse me, uh, do you model? And I'm looking at him like, no, I'm a diamond grader. <laughs> and then he gave me his card, and yeah, he's like, yeah, let's do a photo shoot. So here I am in the car with this guy, and we're driving out to the middle of the desert. And he looks at me, jokingly says, oh, <laughs> we're just going to leave you out here. I almost peed my pants. Oh, <laughs> but we got this beautiful, beautiful pictures, some of the most beautiful pictures. I think because we had the sunset, plus we were out in the middle of the desert. And he ended up being a very good friend of mine. But after that, that's when I started getting into runway. And then from runway, I started doing a lot more print work. And I, I'm on the cover of nine romance novels right now. <laughs> so that's how I got you know, into the whole modeling thing. And then from there, I was discovered for acting through my modeling. And so the very first film I did was a short called Ritual. And the reason why I got it is because I looked so much like the lady that was in Phantasm. Her name is Kat. I cannot remember her last name. Um, and from there, I just started acting. And now I'm in a bunch of different movies, and it's really neat. And then from the acting, I kind of fell into singing. So it's like I'm very, very lucky. And maybe I should start playing the lottery. There you go. Well, uh, I, I imagine you're a very tall woman, so I could see how someone... I imagine at first you're like, oh, no, here we go. Another cheesy pickup line because I'm a tall, attractive woman. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you, do you model? You know, uh, uh, I can't... I, I will say that I've never used that line ever, so I can I can at least testify that I've never used that cheesy line. But I'm glad it wasn't a line. I'm glad that it worked out for you and they didn't leave you in the desert or anything like that. <laughs> that it was a scary moment, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine so. Um, now you mentioned uh, to me um, that you have a uh, you're working on a, a new TV series that may be coming out. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, when Ooh. we should expect to possibly see it? Oh yes, actually, starting next month we're going to be uh, filming Trial 2020, 
and I play an attorney. And I have to tell you, I've been wanting a nice, juicy, beefy role like this ever since I started acting, and I am so, so thankful to be cast. So there's going to be several episodes, and again, we start filming next month. And yeah, I already have my script, almost have it completely memorized. I'm, I'm so excited. Oh my God, I'm going to be an attorney. Yay! <laughs> you, you might be the best looking attorney on TV. I'm going to alley McBeal that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, cool. well, best of luck to you in that as well. Now, uh, I, I got to, I got to, uh, do this to you. Now, on your IMDb, I checked you out. Now, it says that you have accents. You can do a New York accent, a French accent, and a Southern accent. Me and you were talking about the Nashville area a little bit, so I'm going to ask you if you can give us a little sample uh, of those accents. Uh, so, you, you mean when you're, I'm going down to Nashville, and I'm walking down the street, and then I have this really, really nice guy come up to me, and he's like, wow, you have all your tape. I'm like, oh, yes, I do. Oh, my gosh, it's so nice. <laughs> so that's my southern. She cut me on the spot. Usually I practice before. <laughs> well, I'll like, be, honey, man. I, you you sure are. Uh, you ain't from around here, are you? I'll tell I'm you what, we don't, we, don't see, <laughs> <laughs> we don't see too many girls like you around here. So. <laughs> uh, you know what? In Nashville, that's quite, quite unusual, but. But yes, I definitely don't fit in there. But that's okay. Because <laughs> Memphis is really hey, close hey, and I, I get to go see Graceland. Fantastic. Um can you uh can I put you on the spot and uh, would you rather do the, the New York Brooklyn one or I, I like to hear the French accent personally, but would you like to hear the French accent? Oh maybe we uh Oh I just threw a Spanish word in there, sorry. <laughs> Fantastic! You're 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 a, a good sport, Sarah. Um, <laughs> well, whenever I speak Spanish to people, I always end up the words I don't know in Spanish. I'll, I'll say in French, or if I'm speaking French to somebody, I don't know the word in French. I'll throw a Spanish word in there, and usually people could kind of hang in there a little bit, and and um, <laughs> I do my best to communicate. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, well, very talented woman. Now, along with you know new TV series and you know modeling and you know, all the other things you have going on, you're also working on new material in the studio right now. I believe you have you some stuff done. You just got to kind of go in and and lay the tracks out. Um, what is this the process for you musically this time around, as opposed to the Ecstasy album? Is there a, a different approach this time musically? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm doing it quite differently this time. Because when I did the album Ecstasy, of course, it was my first time ever writing and singing. And, you know, luckily, Cinefound Entertainment and JCK Music Productions have been very patient with me. When I did Ecstasy, I would show up with the lyrics. And then we'd just sit there and we'd, you know, kind of drum it out. What I did this time is I really took my time to write the song. Um, I have eight of them already written. And I actually have the melody done. So what I'll do is I will sing it and have the melody played, I'll just shoot it out to uh, the recording studio, have them listen to it, and from there, I re-record it in the studio. So I'll be a little bit more comfortable with where, where the lyrics, instead of just kind of playing it by ever figuring out the spot, I have everything pre-planned and ready to go. So it's very different uh, CD number two versus CD number one. Now, uh, musically, are, are you um, sticking kind of more to your industrial roots, or are you going to um, feature maybe a, a little bit heavier sound, a little bit more uh, kind of risque sound? Um, is it, you know, can you give us a hint on on a on on a release date, possibly? <laughs> Definitely. Um, for the sound, I'm thinking I might stick a little bit more with the 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 industry 
But there's a song that I wrote called Rage. I think that's going to be a little bit heavier and just like, ah, you know, like <laughs> in your face kind of deal. Um, so I'm going to experiment with a little, with different styles. Um, I've been taking more vocal lessons and I'm actually quite excited with the different ways I've been learning to use my voice. Which when I did ecstasy, um, you know, I didn't have as much training as I, as I do now. So I feel like I'm a bit more comfortable. And I'm hoping that the second CD will be out. Oh my gosh. I gotta ask my producer. <laughs> he does all the hard work. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing it's gonna, it's gonna be at least like maybe four months. Oh, so it's going to be coming uh, before the end of the year then. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, you're always welcome to, uh, you know, to come back and, and, and chit-chat and jam some of the new tracks. You know that. Oh, sweet. I would love that. Thank you so much. Oh, my, my pleasure. You've been fantastic to uh, speak with and get to know. Now, um, we talked before the interview about this particular part, and I figured maybe we can talk about, you know, uh, I think maybe a lot of people who are familiar with you know the backstory, and for those who aren't, um, you have, you know, it's an interesting story, there's no doubt. Um, now, as a um, as a youth, you had a lot of hearing issues. You went mm-hmm. undergo countless surgeries um, to correct that. Um, how difficult... Process? because um, they were trained to build man-made eardrums, so they're bionic. It's called tympanoplastesis. So before I had the surgeries done, I was beyond three feet deaf. So it was, for me, everything was very, very quiet, <laughs> you know. And um, with every surgery, I would hear a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And a couple times, uh, the surgeries would fail, and, you know, my eardrums just would burst which was really gross. Um, but the 13th surgery helped, and I've had no issues since. And wow. it's uh, Dr. Max Schwartz at the Mayo Clinic was the one that really spent all the time and research that gives me what I have now, and I'm so eternally thankful. It's a really interesting. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic story that you know uh, to overcome that, especially a, a, as a young, as a young person. Now, didn't you? You just recently, um, I want to say earlier this year, maybe the back end of last year, received an award of some type. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Uh, I, I performed in Hollywood over at Raleigh Studios for Shock Fest, and I have a music video that's out. It's on iTunes right now, really. It's called Dominance, and I won for best music video. I have to tell you, it's kind of weird, though, because, like, when I see myself on the big screen and it happens every time I see myself, I don't really see me as me. And I'm watching it, and I lean over to the person next to me, like, hey, she has really great hair. And he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> no offense, but he probably was not checking out your hair, I'm just saying. So. <laughs> well, that's my checkout. I like hair, you know. <laughs> and I have great eyes. <laughs> You, yeah, I'll give you that. You definitely do. Um, well, the, the, one of the songs we're going to hear um, is Dominance. In the video aspect, um, you can tell that you, obviously, the modeling aspect and the acting aspect uh, comes through in the video. You really shine in the video, Dominance. Um, how fun is yeah. that to to record for, you know, and, and to make a video? And I imagine you'll probably do a lot more of that um, as, you know, when the new album comes out and the singles come out. Is that something mm-hmm. you're looking forward to, you know, doing bigger, you know, better videos kind of thing and just really kind of, you know, making it as fun and, and, and dramatic. I know you're into the, 
you know, the Comic-Con stuff, which I'm in, I'm into all that stuff too. So, you know, kind of really doing it really kind of over the top and very big. Oh, I can't wait. And I have to tell you a funny story about the video. We, we recorded the video in this, like, it was a set up a haunted house, but it was 113 degrees. There was no AC. There was one fan and there was no windows and one door in and one door out. So we're taping this. I'm wearing this tight latex cat suit. I have all these hot lights on me. And they, and the director's like, okay, no dance. I'm like, looking at him like, what? <laughs> it was so hot. I had to run next door and they had to put me in their walk-in, uh, the walk-in refrigerator of this bar because I, I about passed out a couple times. So next time I'm going to insist on air conditioning. <laughs> Definitely, yes, that'll, yes. That'll be my diva nest. Like I need air conditioning. <laughs> but it was it was yeah, so much fun, and I had so many great ideas, and I just I I can't wait to see everything just come together. It's kind of kind of fun. I'm excited. <laughs> no, it's, I, I can see, I can hear the passion in, in your voice and, and about the projects you have going on, and it's fantastic. And uh, just getting to know you uh, the last. Uh, you know, week or so, uh, is, you know, I could definitely see that you're you're really into this and, and really humble about it, and it's really really cool. Um, wish nothing but the best for you on in that aspect. Thank you, I appreciate that. Now, um, I have to ask, uh, with the in the modeling thing, I imagine you've probably been approached to do like other magazines and stuff. Has that ever been something you've thought about doing before at all? I mean, if you don't mind me asking that, um, of doing what, uh, doing what? Oh, like maybe like um. I don't know, like uh, Playboy or, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of the... Uh, hey, if Hess you know. calls me, I will be there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I actually, because I, I am, I mean, I'm almost six feet tall. I'm like 5'10", and I'm, I have, I'm very curvy. I don't fit the norm for what those types of magazines want. They want, you know, people who are much smaller in stature and smaller and everything, and you know, I'm 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 a Viking, you know, so <laughs> I, I don't necessarily fit in with the norm, which is fine with me. But I do work perfect for romance novels because they want tall, curvy girls, you know. Right. Yeah, well, it's a shame that those magazines don't uh don't appreciate uh, a woman like yourself because uh I I I'm I, I don't think I'm in the minority here when it comes to <laughs> uh to you know to knowing that you are a very sexy woman, so. Ah, thank you. I always think that you know, sex is all in the mind, and being sexy is all in the mind. And if you can, if you're in the right place mentally, it's perfect. You know, just enjoy it. You know, and I, I enjoy what I what I have, what attributes. And hey, I, I'm very lucky genetically. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Um, well, the the next we're actually going to play a double shot here to close the interview out. Um, we'll play Dominance, but the next song I want to play is the as uh, the song Burn, um, yes. which is another fantastic track. Uh, what can you tell us about this particular track when we close out? Okay, so with this particular track, to honestly, what it's about is getting sunburned. I know it's supposed to sound really sexy. <laughs> honestly, right. it's about getting sunburned. I live in the desert, but really, it's it's also can. Also, it's about relationships, too. I always try to find different aspects and write about them. And, yes, that is what burn is about, is getting sunburned. <laughs> it doesn't sound sexy. Maybe I should have lied and said it's about sex. <laughs> it's really all about sex. This Not is sunburned. Sarah Mayhem on The Revelator Show reminding you to turn so you don't burn. Yes, we're sunburned. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, kids, when you're out at the amusement parks, put suntan lotion on. Get that SPF level up. 
And wear a big old floppy hat. <laughs> a big old, yes, big old floppy hat. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well uh, Sarah I hope you've uh, enjoyed our time uh, on the show uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and uh, like I said I, I really mean that when, when the new album is ready and uh, ready to roll definitely uh, keep us here uh, at the Revelation show in, in mind great thank you so much I totally appreciate it ladies and gentlemen Sarah Mayhem and this is Burn here on Revelator
Sarah Mayhem here on Revelator. That is the song Dominance. And uh, if you want to see uh, what Sarah Mayhem looks like, I suggest you definitely check out the video for Dominance. Very, very uh, attractive uh, woman. And uh, I like that she uh, shared some of her accents with us as well. Very, very good stuff. I kind of put her on the spot there for IMDb. But um, Sarah, uh, fantastic interview. So uh, definitely, again, uh, for more information about Sarah... And this particular episode of Revelator, head on over to omnes.tv. Again, that's O-M-N-E-S dot TV. And you'll also find me, Ryan, on Twitter, Ryan underscore unsigned. Man, been a fun show. You know, uh, we've got a lot of great uh, guests coming up uh, in the future. Uh, Downfall 2012, Never Let This Go. Uh, you know, so a lot of really, really great artists. Uh, we have some artists from Australia going to be coming on as well. Uh, a little more about that as we uh, release more shows Uh so hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, we're just going to keep cranking out the tunes, cranking out the, the fantastic bands. And, uh, hey, it seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody. This was Episode 64, Mayhem in the Dead Sky. For show notes or links to topics discussed on this episode of Rubber Letter or to experience previous episodes, head on over to omnes.tv, that's O-M-N-E-S dot TV, and click on Rubber Letter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>